Welcome to the PT Graduate Podcast. I'm Rich Ellis, and I interview people from the health and fitness industry to find out more about their role, get some inspiration, motivation, and also have an understanding of how to get into this industry, but not only get in, but stay in and flourish in this amazing industry. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the PT Graduate Podcast. And today my guest is Mr. Tom Downs from Christchurch. We've got lots to talk about. and I've got a, a reasonable list of notes, so hopefully I'll be able to, uh, to leverage those and pick your brains, Tom. Great to, great to meet you and uh, again connect. Uh, thanks for having me on board, mate. Appreciate it. No problems. No problems. No, it's great. I think this, um, you know, having sort of done a bit of, um, bit of stalking and finding out a little bit about, about you, it's, there's, I think there's some overlap in, in, in some of the things that we do, and there may be some sort of some like-minded approach to, to some of the things we do as well. So be interesting to explore those. So tell me a little bit about um, your journey and, and how you got into the industry. I see you're, you're sort of kicked off at Les Mills um, a good over a, a decade and nearly a decade and a half ago, and uh, you've been around a long time. So um, you've had some, some serious success along the way and uh, be good to sort of explore some of that and find out you know what happened and, and and where you are now yeah it has has been a long time um mm. i guess when you've been in the industry a while it doesn't seem like a long time right. it's, it's only talking to others when you realize it's like you've spent most of your life doing doing one thing and yeah. i think also starting at les mills like i think there's still people around that had been there a long time when i started that are still there now so okay uh it's all comparative i guess yeah. um but yeah and i think i got in the industry like a lot of young males potentially it was just to um like doing sport wasn't good at anything else so that seemed like an obvious <laughs> obvious thing you could learn a little bit about health and well-being and apply yeah. that to helping some others as well yeah. um and i think like the a big realization for me was when i first started PTing, again like most you, i probably wanted to work with athletes and all the exciting stuff but it didn't mm -hmm. take me long to realize just helping general pop i enjoyed more because I found like the people that were more athletic were kind of going to find success either way mm. with or without me. Um, mm. But there were a lot of people that I could actually really help. So I really did enjoy that. So that's probably yeah. um, how I started out, I guess. And I don't, I don't think about it that often, like what my thoughts were going into wanting to get into the fitness industry. I don't actually know the answer. That's what I well, think. Yeah. <laughs> it has been a while that I actually can't really remember why i did i mean i love love doing it i've loved being in the industry it's um been very rewarding for me as well so mm. that's probably why i'm still here i guess mm, mm, mm. um and and uh you know in terms of that success you you left les mills how long were you at les mills for uh two and a half years i think we were yeah. i was there right up until the earthquakes and crashes uh, was more stopped yeah um was planning on going out on my own at that point anyway um but yeah, obviously the earthquake sort of just like mm. forced direction to think mm. of some other things at that stage. Yeah, yeah. That um, that earthquake is kind of like a, a whole topic in itself in terms of how that affected the industry and, you know, what you guys had to deal with and, and adapt and, and, you know, get through that to to carry on, which I can't even imagine you know, the challenges that, um, that you guys faced. But... Um, so, so you went out on your own and you um, set up your own facility, is that right? 
Yeah, opened up a facility into 2011, started 2012, corporate mm. wellness solutions. Right. I was, I'm actually, um, I was just writing a Facebook post today, actually, that brings me, it brings the earthquake up because I was like, I remember, um, because I, the post that I'm talking about is I, I help a lot of trainers at the moment move their business online. And a lot, there's a lot of people coming in the industry who have never really worked face-to-face with people that are being certified and have got nowhere to work so they're going online and I was thinking about this in my Mm. head is like Mm. how can this be but what what it made me think about is like after the earthquakes when we sort of opened opened up corporate wellness solutions a lot of people were asking me what was it like to open up a business post earthquake Mm. and like the honest truth was I just I didn't know because I'd never really opened a business before so there was no comparison so I'm assuming that's what's going to happen with um, people in the fitness industry in the future like once they figure this out and figure out how to be online with that either actually training clients mm. they won't know anything to compare it against either so mm. yeah but yeah just made me think of that but um yeah. 2000 yeah end of 2011 we opened up the doors of corporate wellness solutions here in Christchurch and that we got lucky in some way like we were quite naive going into something like that but um again we were the only gym in the central city for probably 12 12 to nearly 24 months i think right. so yeah mm. yeah um would have given you you know it's that whole first to market advantage that um you know it, nobody can ever really compete with that and there's always catch up for for everybody in second third fourth place isn't there with with that so you had a massive advantage it yeah sounds like you sounds like you also had a, a fairly select uh client in mind customer in mind in terms of so yeah, it's, we- it's a traditional gym but yeah, traditional gym, but a lot of our, like, what we did is just went for trainers who had existing client bases as well to bring them on board because then they'd bring clients or yeah, yeah. That, that was sort of the initial plan. And a lot of it was corporate. We also, at that stage, there was, uh, we're looking at creating corporate wellness programs as well. So we're going into companies and doing corporate wellness assessments. So created something that would align quite well with that as well. Like the people inside those companies could come and be members of our gym versus others. And also we had our programs that we were, delivering to those guys at the same time yeah yeah smart very very smart move and um and, and it became a success that you uh, you won a couple of awards is that right you yeah, got a couple of awards uh, 2014 into 2014 i believe it is uh gym okay. of the year uh fitness innovation of the year as well so that was a, a, exciting because uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And um, and so off the back of that, did did you? I mean, you've you've moved on from those premises now, and uh, they've they've been sold on to somebody else, or yeah, we sold there sold there nearly five years ago now. So right. yeah, been doing more coaching and consulting for the last four years. Yeah, and is that it? Is are you are you just doing that? Is that your baby now? Is that where all your time? Yeah, goes? yeah, it is. I've still got a few clients. I've got um. Yeah. I've got a few clients that are doing the coast to coast this Ooh. year that I've been working with for uh, one of my clients has been with me for 12 years ish and he is going to be the oldest competitor to do the one day this year so definitely wow. keep this stick with him and help him out because it'll be a uh, big undertaking He's turning uh, 70 next year wow about the longest day wow. so it makes makes me feel atrocious and that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's humbling really amazing has he has he done it before yeah, he's done, he's done the two-day, he signed up five times, got injured once, not competed, and then this year will be the first time he's doing the two-day. Right. Oh, sorry, the one-day, the one-day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, what a hero. 
That's yeah. um that's worth getting the newspapers down there for, isn't it? Yeah, he does get a few interviews and stuff for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, it, he puts on the effort, and yeah. so yeah, yeah. It yeah. yeah, good on him. And so, what 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 was it that sort of uh, triggered your interest in what you're doing now, as opposed to the uh, you know the traditional client face to face and supporting others? Yeah, so what I really enjoyed with the gym, a lot of the stuff that I was doing was working with the trainers, help educating them, helping them build their business. Mm. Like my philosophy was like, if I can help them look after their clients, then they're looking after my clients. So I don't have to so much. So yeah, yeah. like so once, once that was established, I really enjoyed working with them and I was getting other trainers from other gyms asking for support and help as well. So I'd started doing that. I once I sold the gym, I was more going into gyms to help them with um, running Facebook ads and a few things like that. But what I didn't like about it was I was getting a few clients that um, were gym owners, but not in the fitness industry. They were sort of like, you know, so they bought into um, some yeah. of the franchise gyms as investments yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I didn't love that. And what mm. I was end up doing is helping them with their personal training teams. So mm. I just sort of niched down more into personal training. It's what I love. It's what my background is more what my skill set is so it just mm -hmm. made sense mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and so that's something that's sort of evolved over the last few years in terms of um and how, how you deliver it what you're specifically working on and it's that that online space and scaling it looks like as though kind of the the main key driver for for what people are looking to get from your services yeah, so probably the last two years has definitely been more just helping coaches and trainers take their business online. And I guess that was more to necessity than anything else. Mm. Originally, I was like, have a program for face-to-face -face trainers as well. Um, but I just ditched that eventually and just went straight down to that one, yeah, one yeah. path, like get real crystal clear. Yeah. And that way I get like, I can use any knowledge that I've got or increase the knowledge in that one specific area. So I'm continually improving that to like filter that down through for the coaches and trainers as well nice nice it's quite a commitment isn't it i remember seeing the uh the netflix documentary which was on on prime uh, about the evolution of netflix because they had you know they were doing dvds and they had this whole customer database like eight hundred thousand customers who they were posting dvds out to as they were building the online platform and the ceo at one point just made the decision and he dumped the eight hundred thousand, and everyone was like what are you doing and actually it was the best thing he could have done because you know obviously netflix again first to market and yeah market leader and sounded like a massive business risk but actually it was probably one of the smartest things he did and yeah. it sounds you know you, you've done the same thing you've, you've chosen your your specific thing and you've just gone deep on that thing yeah yeah for sure i mean it's it's quite hard when you're doing that too because you've got like it's very easy to not believe in something that you kind of haven't seen mm. or done or mm. you don't have support networks around you they're like yeah this is how you do it so i guess like you've just you've got to commit <laughs> and commit hard i think if you're going to do something that's somewhat out of the ordinary um and then just like block out any external noise i've, I've always been reasonably good at sort of figuring out what i want to do and just going with it whether it's going to work or not but yeah mm. yeah you say you sound like you've got the belief and i think the work ethic that that is required to back that up right because yeah, well, that, that's definitely a missing piece of uh yeah just to have a belief and no work either like because there's a lot yeah. of work there's a lot of hours in the back end trying to figure yeah, things yeah. out for sure yeah 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 that's the stuff that people don't see though right it's, that's where those overnight successes come from <laughs> years and years of toil that no one sees 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly, da -da. wow, yeah. where did that come from? Well, actually, it was, it was happening 10 years ago. Yeah, I think anyone that's had uh, some success knows that too, don't they? they that mm. uh, even if they, the exponential curve at the end of that last, say, last 12 months or 24 months is massive. Yeah. But it's all those uh, building blocks that have been going in on the back end at the start, all the years mm. prior to that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, um, um, hybrid organic mastery, and I'm curious about this because you've got a trademark next to that, Tom. <laughs> um, so that yeah, that's on LinkedIn, eh? Uh, yeah, that's right. I've got I've got different ones depending on what platform. To be honest. Ah, uh, uh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. That's okay. No, I'm. Hybrid, the, the hybrid theory or the hybrid method I was doing there is sort of just like, um, there's still a lot of people who just want to dabble in both. Um, so it's like, how can, what, what happens with face-to-face -face is you, you, you do start to get pretty burned out just do, mm. directing all your attention to you, your clients. So mm. um, setting up some systems and some portals and stuff to sort of take away some of that legwork is what, what the hybrid sort of model is as well. So a lot of my clients still do the hybrid model. It's not, the, the program that we teach over it's a 12-week coaching program is specifically to be fully online but it works equally the same for hybrid because if people are already doing face-to-face -face and they enjoy it yeah. then the hybrid sort of version works reasonably well mm -hmm. just to leverage some of the um some of the stuff that you do and say with your clients every single time you can sort of get like cheat sheets worksheets all this sort of stuff created so they can get onboarded easier and you can work with more clients because of that yeah, yeah. And is it, is it fair to say that uh, a number of, of trainers have kind of had to have come knocking and gone, shit, COVID's here, what do I do? And, um, you know, obviously that's been good for business. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting one for me here too, being in New Zealand, because there's definitely a few people in the States that do what I do. Um, mm. But what I found for the first couple of years, I had no clients from New Zealand at all. They were all just from the UK, Canada and the States. And right. But the last, say, 6, 12 months has definitely picked up in, in New Zealand as well. Like a lot of Kiwis are sort of slowly moving moving that way as well. Mm. I think we're a bit of a stubborn lot too, and I, I get that as well. We were like, the, the she'll be right attitude, we'll uh, figure it out sort of thing. But mm. Yeah, I think if you, if you can get the Kiwis on board, then any of the others are probably much easier, aren't they? Because um, yeah. even, even Aussies are easier than, than Kiwis, I think, to put their hand in their pockets and go... I'm going to invest in myself or I'm going to invest in my business. Yeah, yeah, just asking for help, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's an important thing, but not enough people do that. Yeah, yeah. You're also um, you're also a wellness coach and, and a chef as well. There's, there's, there's some other talents in the background. So where where did you do your wellness coaching or how did that, did that evolve while you were running the gyms? Yeah, I think I started, again, like just picking something and going with it so originally i was coming over to do personal training and done my acl so i picked uh, chefing to go away and study that instead so i did that for about six months afterwards but it only took me about a month in the industry to realize i didn't want to be doing that <laughs> so i went back to the, the dream of getting into the fitness industry um and yeah when, once we just like once it sort of was just always trying to learn new stuff and uh i think Man, this is guessing. I think I did a wellness, first wellness coaching program was a Fiona Cosgrove's um, yeah. Australian lady. I don't even know if she still does it, but that would have been 2010. Right, oh, okay. 
Yeah, and then we're doing some uh, certifications through a company called Wellcoa in America. Okay, okay. Yeah. So this is going back, yeah, 2010 to 2000, uh, yeah, 2010 to 2013 probably was doing right. more of that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then sort of moved into like precision nutrition coaching and that sort of right. stuff as well at that sort of time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lots of behavior change type um, type coaching. Yeah, well, it's just, it doesn't take long. Like, and again, when I say it doesn't take long, that could be three or four years in the industry before you realize this. But for me, that seems like it didn't take long. Um doesn't take long to realize like you can get really good at programming really good at nutrition you give it to somebody and they do nothing and you're like what yeah. i don't need to get better at these things i need to get better at helping like coaching the client and like you say the behavioral change things like how do i get them to want to do things like yeah mm. yeah. yeah that is that is that's it isn't it we can be we can be technically brilliant but it doesn't really make any difference if the person's not going to do those things yeah um, and i think that's probably one of the biggest challenges is is mastering those soft skills isn't it rather than always focusing on the technical you know we kind of entry level to the industry is the technical stuff um, yeah obviously you learn more as you go but if you don't have those softer skills and, and some of those fine coaching skills um you know things things don't work yeah 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 for sure and that's you can only learn that through having clients really yeah yeah, mm. yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and so some of that chef skill uh, has been uh, been used in the volunteer space as well. I see you like to do a bit of uh, a bit of volunteer work in in um, Ronald McDonald House as well. Yeah, we were doing that kind of, we were, especially with the gym because we had access to a lot of corporates and stuff like that yeah. was a really cool thing to do. Like and at Christmas and stuff, they were donating a lot of gifts, so we'd put the tree up and uh, get presents coming in. Um, mm. Yeah, it was just a really cool thing to be doing. Um, mm. I don't think the chefing skills help in the kitchen when we're making those types of things. Normally, the chefing skills is like yelling at people and telling people to go get things for you and stuff. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think, honest truth, it probably what it really helped me with was marketing. Like as a personal trainer, when I would say yeah. like on the board, I used to get a lot more people contacting me because this is before I even knew about nutrition, but I'd, I'd write about um, qualified chef and stuff and people are like, oh, he must know about nutrition. Uh -huh. So it actually, it actually did work in my favor quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, because you, you do actually learn about nutrition as a chef, don't you? It's not just about cooking, it's about understanding, um, you know, understanding calories, but also understanding um, textures and, and all sorts of different things, not, not just uh, how to cook it. Yeah, for sure. There was there was heaps I learned from that um, around just, I, I think that the one, that education at that point of time for me was real good because I just mm. was shit at school, didn't like it, any of that sort of stuff. But that sort of gave me, um, had a couple of tutors or I think that's what they're called, tutors and stuff that were just really good role models for me to help me through those sort of things, to show me that like, hey, you can achieve these things, you can do these things. And just sort of like, yeah, from that point on, I was able to just like apply things, but before that, probably not. But I think that was a big stepping stone. Nothing necessarily to do with the chefing, but it's just like, you do have to follow instructions. You do have to be patient. And yeah, so I think there were some real soft skills that come out of that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny is that when you reflect on it, you realize just how much valuable how much value there is in some of those earlier years where you're doing the doing, but you don't realize exactly just how much you're learning and processing that stuff. And then suddenly it pops up later and you go, ah, oh, that was so yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think this, the, the, the reference I made at the beginning about, you know, there's some, some overlap, you know, I like to support, I mean, not on the same scale that you are, but support PTs and help them 
do what they do better because I've got a, a, a business background before uh, PTing and some, there's, there's lots of stuff that I learned along the way which I just use from a from a business point of view in, in PTing but um, the other thing is that sort of that obsession with my own health and, and sort of trying to be the, the, the guinea pig on lots of things so that that's then value that can be passed to clients or people who are interested. I see you're, <clears throat> you're an aura ring wearer and um, I th I'm not sure where I saw this picture. I mean, obviously there's some, uh, maybe Facebook, but there's some pictures you know, of, your, of your, you know, your, your readiness score and your sleep score. And, you know, I love that sort of stuff. I'm, I've been a, a user for a couple of years and, um, and also your attention to detail with, um, you know, you've got a spreadsheet somewhere, which is like, you know, time to bed, wake up, um, warning routine, recovery, da, 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 and it, was, it, it just kept on going. I was like, geez, look at this, look at the amount of um, stuff that's being tracked here. I was like, this is my kind of guy, I like this stuff, you know, I could, I could get into this quite quickly. What, where, does, where does that come from for you? Is it something you've always done or something that's evolved? Uh, it's definitely something that's evolved. Like all those sheets and all those tracking sheets is things that we apply to our clients now as well, because it's okay. almost just like trying to optimize you because yeah. you are your business essentially so you're making sure you are getting enough sleep and all that sort of stuff because it, it is hard um mm. so yeah so th those have just formed over time so whatever sheet that you would have seen at whatever time would have been what i was using at that time okay. they are continually evolving yeah. um as I, as I change I, like i mean yeah i mean i still use the old paper diary and yeah. stuff like that yeah. as well yeah. i think yeah. that's quite important um yeah. yeah i don't know i don't know when that sort of stuff started i would have been self-quantification like what you're saying like i would have been trying mm. training things and nutrition things and just implementing those things and then realizing that tracking some of that stuff is pretty important if you actually want to know what works um then years ago when i was trying some of keto things and stuff like that i was tracking um blood ketones and blood sugars and just right. that sort of stuff probably and then it moved into um Probably one of the first coaches, business coaches that I had as well would have had me tracking things. So I knew like um, how many consultations I was having, conversion rates, just that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I just really enjoyed like the fact that you could see that and then know what to do with with that. As in, I don't have enough clients. I haven't done enough consultations. Then I need to do something to get more consultations. Like, yes. I think I caught one, of your, caught one of your videos. You do a lot of, um, you put a lot out there in terms of, um, some really good thought-provoking questions, um, but also lots of videos. So sort of videos, you know, coaching videos, re referring what you, to what you just said, you know, if I'm not getting in the referrals, well, how many, how many, um, what, what my, what's my lead rate and how am I creating those leads? And it's, it's stepping the, the behaviors back to the beginning. So you're almost reverse engineering the success, isn't it? Yeah, um, for sure. And, yeah. And, and I think that stuff's with the things we don't don't give enough thought to, and you know we just expect them to roll in. And <laughs> how are they going to roll in if you don't know what behaviours are required at the beginning to create them? Yeah, and I, th I think because I've had times where things have just have just rolled in, and I've got lucky on things. Mm. And when they're not going good, if you, things have just rolled in, you still don't know what to do now. It's not going good, but at least now, if like if things are going good, I'll know exactly why. And if things aren't going good, then I can reflect on what when it was going good. What what's different? What's changed? even if that is my readiness score or my sleep score like those yeah. things correlate because i go like yeah. daily data through to weekly data through to monthly data and i I'll, I'll correlate that over through to business as well i try to combine the two okay okay jeez that's a that's a that's a monster spreadsheet <laughs> yeah i've broken them into a few spreadsheets yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I like it. I like it. I like that. So that's, that's kind of, um, you know, number, numberfying life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which, you know, again, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. As Drucker said, you know, there's, there's some real, some, some real basic stuff that just has to happen. And, um, and that's the stuff that people don't see in the background ticking away, you know, and the successful people get, get better in the, the people who don't don't follow those behaviors are the ones who stay still yeah and i, I usually try to get people just to track the bare minimum to start with and it just right. you're slowly over because it is pretty overwhelming of like yeah. tracking stuff every day for people yeah. but if you've been tracking and it's slowly growing i guess it's the same as like if you started doing the activities and nutrition of a pro athlete the wheels will start falling off pretty quick for most people but if they just start so sort of progressing through and it gets easier to do more and to keep on top of things yeah it becomes more of a habit and something you want to grow and get better at doing yeah 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 um so in terms of helping helping pts so this the the ig and meta framework <clears throat> is that very much about promoting their business online or so you know social networks to 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 get those online clients you know that's where that's the space to promote yourself because that's the space that you'll be actually working in yeah yeah short answer would be yes yeah definitely it's just um the normally like well, what happens when we sort of move online is or, or reverse that for a second when you're working in a gym you're you, you you don't have to niche down quite as the same because the people inside the gym you, you haven't chosen that to yeah. some degree so when you've got in there the demographic is what the demographic is and you're sort of pulling from there mm. when you move online although you've got like a billion people at your disposal you're also competing with every single health and beauty product in the whole wide world as well so it's not just the fitness people you've got beauty products you've got supplements you've got everything mm. that you're now competing with so to to really narrow down your message you have to get crystal clear on exactly who it is like way way more narrowed down than most people would think and it's because like then all your messaging all your marketing is almost talking to a person so when they're reading stuff they're reading pain points that they're feeling it they're like man this is me this is yeah. so yeah. if you can narrow it down to a person yeah. there's going to be thousands of that person having that same problem if you can get it that narrow mm -hmm. like a lot of people going online will go i help 40 to 50 year old males lose belly fat and it's like it, but there's a big difference between a 40 year old and a 50 year old if you yep. think about if, if you think about where you were 10 years ago to now like you're a different human being there's, yep. there's, there's big differences so it has to be a lot tighter than that these days i think i feel okay yeah yeah um and um and and is that part of the the twelve week training that you talked about before? Is that is that, that an element of the program, or is the program separate to that? And then the the understanding of how to do that is is sort of added on. No, that, that's the way we begin. We, okay. we, we begin with getting crystal clear on that. There, so we have all the worksheets and stuff, and the coaching to actually go to to get you crystal clear. And I sort of don't let my clients move on until that is crystal clear because it's like negative compounding. Yes. everything that you do yeah. after that you know yeah. you spend a lot of time um on social media say doing posts and doing this so if you're doing these posts to the wrong person it's even if the content's really good if it's to the wrong person someone's going to look at it and think that's really good and then carry on with life but if it's like if it's accurate enough where they're just like oh man that's a hundred percent my problem that i need help with right now with this guy like yeah perfect yeah. so and then you go so people go oh 
this isn't working, I'll jump into ads. So they start trying to push money into something that's not working. Right. And therefore, that's just a needle of compounding action too. That won't work either. But if you've got that dialed in, narrow, right, really dialed in, and it's working from the organic process, then putting money into something makes sense because that's how you you scale something that's working, not something that's not working. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of makes sense. I mean, I don't understand that enough to... Uh... I've done a bit of Facebook advertising over the years and I've tried to outsource it as much as possible because, you know, there's, there is so much detail in there and you really do need to know what you're doing. It's, it's another language, really. <clears throat> well, that's where I got stuck and got into it, to be honest, because right. I was outsourcing it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and the problem the problem occurred when that, the people couldn't do it anymore and I didn't know what they were doing or how they were doing it or what worked or what didn't work. Yeah. Therefore, I was pretty screwed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why I sort of like, I really want to, make sure that people don't have to necessarily do it but they have to understand why they're doing certain things what works what doesn't so then again you can make sure that if you need to outsource or to get someone to help you know what you know what they want like it's your business so yeah knowing yeah. that you can get somebody to do what you want yeah yeah very important um so how does it work is it is it a a, a continuous 12-week program at which point people would do something different or it ends for them or there's another one how, how does it work if someone's joining the program so the 12 the 12 week program is more intensive to get like a business structure built out so to get you to a point where you've got lead generation systems sales systems client management systems like that's all built out you're good to go then right. from there on in there's a there's a ongoing coaching model that costs like puzzle just because it doesn't take up a lot of like my time from there because it's built out, yeah, um, yeah. but it means I've got somebody to ask questions when they're stuck, when they're going through, like, you go through ups and downs emotionally as well, mm. you know, you go through slumps, like, so having someone in your corner there is important, so we've, we've only created this not that, you know, last nine months, we've got right. some ongoing coaching options going forward as well, because it was the intensive, say, 12 weeks, but what you'd find is, like, the energy and the momentum would slowly mm. drop for the person mm. once they're on their own, so it's sort mm. of like, all this stuck together throughout that as well cool cool like it i'm going to be sending people your way i think because uh i think there's a lot of people out there who need that support and that help who who don't have that structure in their their brain already you know they think they just walk into it and things will just happen and there's yep. so many systems and processes that you really need to save yourself time to know how things work without having to take 20 minutes half an hour to do it um you know the the, the list is is quite long um and if someone can shortcut that and go, right, here's the step, here's the solution, we'll be there in 12 weeks, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like what, what you do see a lot, or what I do see a lot of the moment is people, um, the, the misconception of like creating this online business that's making exponential dollars and you're doing nothing. <laughs> where, where it's just like, once I'm on a call with them at the start, I'm like really making sure I'm being as honest as I can about how hard it is, how much work it is, how much effort it is, how much, what a roller coaster it's going to be, all that sort of stuff. So you, when you're coming on board and you're good to go, you, you're, you're expecting that. You're not expecting to like uh, turn two ads on and then you're a millionaire sort of thing. But, yeah, that's good. I mean, setting expectations, isn't it? So that there's uh, no surprises. Such important, so important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think you've given us lots of good tips already, Tom, but um, I always like to make a point of sort of asking for your, your top tips, things that... Um, things that you know would would help pts help the audience know how to do things better or 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 mistakes that you've made that you wouldn't repeat those sorts of things what would be your your top ones 
online or face to face, I think you've just got to be able to, you've just got to put yourself in your comfort zone if you're not into this, but you've just got to talk to people, whether that's like just talking to people on the gym floor, talking to people on social media, whatever that is, but you've got to find a way to have conversations with people. When you do that, I'd recommend like, don't, you don't have to go talk to people to get clients, but you do need to just talk to a lot of people because that's how you, you build a network essentially. And it's like, if people know what you do, then if they are looking for someone, even if you do nothing, you're potentially going to be the guy that they'll go to because they know you, it's easier. So that's the first thing, online, offline, talk with as many people as you can. Don't expect people to come to you. I think people do that on both ends. On the gym mm. floor, they don't talk to people. They just hope they put the flyer up and people will come to them. People mm. do that online as well. Put up mm. a post and hope people will come to them. Um, but you've got to engage as well. That would be probably the, the, the first thing. Sure. Um the second thing would just be, I don't know, I would definitely just continually upskill, seek help, read books, just whatever, whatever's, I mean, there's, there's always budget restrictions to how much someone can get support with. But again, like, compared to like, when I started, there were some, there were a few websites around, but otherwise you just reaps rummaging through books that you mm. didn't know were good or not good. But now, man, there's uh, endless information. So I would say be singular focus, figure out what you want to do and then dedicate a couple of years hard to that um, success or no success. But you'll learn so much just doing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're, um, you're obviously a bit of a reader as well because I've seen, again, I've seen photos of your bookshelves and, uh, and the sorts of, uh, the, the sort of stuff that you, you like to read. Any, uh, any top books that kind of stood out for you? Oh, I, I just finished the Will Smith book, actually. Ah. Which was, once I started that, I was like, it's interesting because I didn't know who I'd recommend it to. I was like, yeah. I don't know who this book's for. Yeah. But after finishing it, I'd say to anyone, eh? it was it was really, really good. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, and I'd highly recommend getting the audio book, too. Okay. <laughs> the okay. reason I'll say that is because you've got Will Smith reading yeah. his audio book and he's doing his raps telling stories like he's doing the stuff himself versus oh brilliant um yeah so that's the the, the one i'd say there um yeah. essentialism is probably one of the books i recommend to anybody and that's more about just again like i was saying if you can focus on what you want to do and then just dedicate a lot to that one thing essentialism would be like remove anything else that's non-essential if it's not pushing you towards your goals, whether it's with business, whether it's with health or family, whatever. Mm. Um, if it's not in alignment with that, then just remove it. And I, I've lived with uh, that philosophy for quite a while now. I just try to remove anything that's not positive or helping me towards whatever it is I'm working towards at that time. Mm -hmm. That kind of takes a bit of a ruthless mind as well, doesn't it, to, uh, to be that clinical. You know, not everybody's natural inclination is to do those sorts of things. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It takes a little, it does take a little bit of time to um, be comfortable could grow do it, saying no to stuff. Mm -hmm. I, like, and depending on where you are, like I'm, I used to recommend, and I used to do this myself, is just say yes to everything. Like saying like jumping on this call here today, like a, a rigid, I would have said yes to everything. Then I went through a phase of saying no to everything. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, somewhere you know, in if, if it, the people that know me, they're all, um, that might hear this will know this for sure because I am pretty direct to say if they're like oh we're gonna go do this do you want to come and I'm like no and they, they find it a little bit rude sometimes but 
That, that reminds me of, the Richard, of a Richard Branson story. Some some organisation needed wanted Red Branson to go and speak at their their conference, and um, and they said uh, that you know we're offering uh, you know five hundred thousand dollars, whatever it may be, uh, for Richard to come and speak. And you know it's a big big corporate that had deep pockets, and uh, the answer came back, no, sorry, Richard's not not interested in speaking. And um, they went, oh. Oh, okay. That, we obviously got the number wrong. So they went, okay, here's, um, these numbers might be wrong, Tom, but they went back with a million. So they're like, yeah, okay, here's a million. You know, Richard, we'd love you to come and speak. Here's a million bucks. No, sorry, not interested. And they thought, okay, something's not right here. Okay, let's just double that again. And, and this went on until it was somewhere like four million or something. And the, 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 the person answering the phone or answering him basically, look, it isn't about the money. You've got this wrong. Richard's not interested because he's focused on doing this, this, and this, not that, this, that, and the other. And, you know, that's a really good lesson, isn't it? Because sometimes you do want to go out and play, but, you know, sometimes you can't always justify going out and playing because it takes you away from the thing that you really actually really want to be getting towards in, you know, a year, two months, or tomorrow, whatever it might be. Yeah, for sure. And if you want it enough, then you do have to make sacrifices. Like, you can definitely do a bit of everything and be pretty good with everything but if you want to be really good at something like you you know i've got old michael jordan in the background there because he's pretty, that. pretty singular <laughs> focused oh, <laughs> so it's like yeah yeah so i think if you do want to achieve big things you've just got to be realistic on the uh the input needed to achieve big things and i think that's something that i would that would be a recommendation i'd say to people too isn't it if you don't want to put in that that effort just lower your expectations of what you mm. want out of it because that's okay too Mm. yeah 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 that's right there's no right or wrong is there it's um, yeah. it's what's right for that person yeah there was that was probably another lesson for me actually when i had trainers working for me it mm. took me a long time to um not expect them to uh, have expectations like i had on myself like i thought that was more normal so if they weren't so um driven to grow their business i couldn't I, it was like pulling my hair out not understanding it but then once yeah. i realized it's like they're actually quite happy with not doing a hundred sessions a week. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Coming to terms with that—that's their goal, not your goal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brilliant. I like those. I like those tips, and I think they're probably slightly different to what people may have expected or, or what I was expecting. So, yeah, it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's a nice, nice way to round it off. And uh, I know you're a busy man and you're a focused man, so I appreciate your time and. Uh, your um your you know openness and, and sharing all the, the stuff that you do and i hope that uh, business continues to be as, as successful as it has been and, and more cool thank you for having me on board and uh, asking some good questions mate getting the best oh, out of me good good do my best do my best i'm getting better at it <laughs> yeah 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 it's good cool awesome well uh, thanks again tom and hope to catch you soon awesome mate. appreciate that thank you yes bye Thanks for listening to this episode of The PT Graduate. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star rating and hit the subscribe button. And I'd love it for you to share with your friends and colleagues so they can listen too. Cheers for now.